Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello and welcome to this Start of FIFA 23 episode. Extra special because probably you're starting FIFA 23 too. Hopefully we can provide an informative soundtrack as you do so. Uh, we have had most of us access to the game already thanks to the EA Creator Network. So we'll be talking about our experiences, giving some advice. We'll be talking about a crazy market too. And with that in mind, I can introduce our first guest, Nate, the foot accountant, market and trading expert. Hello, Nate. Thanks for having me back, Ben. It is a privilege to be on as always, and it's also a privilege to be moving into the full game and to be done with the web app. I am very happy for mm, that. <laughs> exactly. And I should say, as you may have noticed, Nate, not Japes. Japes, we have to say a big congratulations too, because he's just had his second child over the weekend. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's why he's not on the podcast, uh, understandably. Hopefully, he'll be back next week. We wish him all the best. And we should move on to Brammers. Welcome back to the podcast as well. Game critic and consultant, of course. And as a result, already playing the game. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing some guides for... Um... Uh, for Eurogamer. So if you uh, want some mediocre tips, head over there and see what I've written. Um, but yeah, it's a delight to be here and obviously very excited for the new game. Yeah. Also, I have already packed an untradeable Tiago. So for me, I'm kind of, you know, completed it sort of uh, already. But Nice. Yeah, yeah. Very hyped. That's yeah, that's great. And, uh, we also have with us gameplay expert and also already been playing the game for a fair bit and has guys out there already. It is Neil Guides. Welcome back. Thank you very much for having me on. Is it, I believe it's the first podcast, right, for FIFA 23? Yeah, at least the first on like the main feed. We had a little supporter episode, but yeah, it is. So great to have you on it. 
And I think just quickly, I wanted to very briefly touch on the web app being a shambles before we you know, swiftly move on to things that we want to talk about more because uh, they're more interesting and definitely uh, more worth spending time on. But Brammer's, uh, it was a shame to see that it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. And we should probably just point that out before we move on. Yeah, it was disappointing. I think it's a real shame that the thing that is there for the most dedicated players of the game is the thing that has been so... Uh, kind of busted and, and messed up. Like we had login issues, which probably isn't EA Sports Vancouver's specific fault. It's it's more of a broader EA thing. Um, mm. But that that didn't set us off on a on a kind of uh, a good uh, a good path. And then we had issues with um, SBCs that that couldn't be submitted, um, even though they had the kind of the correct players. SBCs that couldn't be completed due to contradictory requirements, which we suspect may have something to do with them being. Uh, kind of created before late um, testing changes to uh, to the way chemistry works or something like that. Uh, and yeah, and pl- the one personal one that really annoyed me was um, price ranges on players, which, uh, you know, mm. not to get too conspiratorial, but it does seem to me a little bit sus that, you know, a lot of the kind of high rated fodder type players that you could pack have price ranges that make them kind of unsellable uh, in the period where everyone is trying to get some coins. So yeah, that is weird. I think, Nate, you could, probably quite this it's quite interesting this year that it more seems to be the case that players have too high a price range whereas in the past it was often too low and that made players extinct this year there are very very few extinct players but quite a few that don't sell at all yeah i'm just confused that you know the low or sorry the very high like low end like on ruben diaz and how ronaldo started and veron you know like that and then also some of the heroes have like peter crouch is like 24k to 37k so like <laughs> that's just super weird yeah yeah. we should probably start off actually because people are going to be catching this around the time um that they've you know started playing a bit maybe uh, they're looking at what's happening on the market obviously it's kind of hard to call but i think we're already seeing because xbox players are able to get on uh, across the world because of uh, people taking trips to new zealand the uh, the market's starting to rise already, right? And that will look to to continue. Yeah, I think actually the trips to New Zealand and all the people that are getting on that are actually in New Zealand, I think that started a couple hours ago. And, and even since then, it's been mm. uh, a lot of prices have gone up almost immediately. I mean, almost basically everywhere. You mean some of your lower tier cards are getting packed a lot as people are opening their pre-order FIFA points, but a lot of your you know high tier meta cards are absolutely starting to rise. And I mean, that's what everybody was expecting. Uh, I just think, I think it's going to continue as more and more people get on the game and uh, as we go throughout the next couple of days. Yeah, no, no, I think I think that's true. So I guess as we've been saying, and as you said on the last podcast, prices will you know potentially rise through the week. Obviously, there's going to be the initial spend, which will bring supply too, but that might dry up as, as time goes on. Yeah, I think that it, it's all going to come down to a card by card basis after like let's say Tuesday, Wednesday when people get on the game because people are going to be moving on in their teams really fast. And that's why just a a true starter team is just something that you probably want to be a little bit careful with. And that's what I've been trying to warn people about is don't hold on to those Mm. cards for long because the pack weight seems to be similar to last year where it's pretty, pretty heavy, not maybe as insane as last year as I'm watching some people open packs, but still in high enough percentages and uh, looking at the pack and weight in the store makes me think that it'll be pretty similar movements to to last year on the lower tier cards for sure mm, yeah it was interesting because some people were saying oh you know the pack weights are, are much harsher 
or you're not packing such good players. I don't know whether that's necessarily true. I also think it's very hard to judge that based on just watching people open packs because it's oh, yeah. a real small sample size, actually, like um, oh, yeah. compared to you know what you'd get from hundreds of thousands, millions of people opening packs, right? So I, I do think it's probably actually not too dissimilar to last year. I think that's probably enough market chat for now. We may come back to it. Is there anything particularly you'd want to mention, Nate, from a trading perspective before we move on, something people might uh, kind of keep an eye out for? I think position change consumables is something we've talked a bit about. There was some speculation that, you know, potentially they could end up increasing a lot in price because, you know, they're going to be in demand. But actually, there are common items. People can only open packs which have mainly common items in them. So I kind of feel like they're going to probably drop, right? Um, for a bit at least yeah i mean even as we had some the first um kind of demographic of people on the game uh for a public audience i mean they're already down to about 1200 coins so like you said they're non-rare i think they're supplied a decent amount but they'll also be in heavy demand so yeah i'd keep an eye on Mm. those and you know a lot of people have been investing too and this is one last word of caution that i might throw out there if you've bought somebody like a like an usman dembele or you know any any of these really higher tier cards that are kind of expensive that are a little bit lower rated still there have been a lot of people that have invested so depending on when those people Mm. are going to start selling when they're happy with the profits i I would assume there's going to be a lot of people trying to sell cards later on this week before we get to friday with ones to watch um so i mean i know that's a short term like you know everybody thinks to buy 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 and then all of a sudden the switch flips but i could see a few cards dropping a little bit Mm. just because i know there's a lot of people from the web app that did invest um, and even people that are getting on the game right now for the first time that are investing as well. So just something to keep in mind. That's definitely true. And um, we should move on to something that I'm excited to bring back, and that is Pound for Pound Powerhouse. For those who don't know, this is the best value player that's been released. It's normally over the last week now. Obviously, that's pretty much the whole database, which is totally fine. Bonus points if it's maybe a team of the week player or something like that. Um, but really, we're looking for any pound for pound powerhouse, any player that's offering great value at the moment. And uh, I mean, if you've used them, because I know uh, both Neil and Grammars and myself have been playing, then you know that is a bonus. But that doesn't have to be the case. It can just be a player you've identified as having you know a great profile for the game. Um, this may spin out into a bit of conversation about what types of players we're finding effective at this point. Um, let's start off with you, Grammars, and uh, I'm putting a ban on Tiago, even though I know you have used him because you have <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, uh, that seems fair. You know what? The, I'm, I'm going to do what I did last year, and that's not pick Tiago, but go for a card that has value both as a player and also kind of an investment. Um, like Joshua Kimmich is currently 13,000 coins on the combined market. Now, this is obviously an 89-rated Bundesliga central defensive midfielder. He has a four-star weak foot. He has impeccable stats almost across the board. His sprint speed's very low, but I think at this stage of the game, um, a bit like folks were saying on the um, the producer pod the other day, you know, this is the period where you can get away with slightly less pace. And if you pick up a Kimmich at 13k, or even if it goes up a little bit, uh, that's that's a steal um, just in terms of his sort of fodder value in the next few weeks and months. Mm. But I would imagine he's also pretty pretty handy in the game. I've not actually used him yet, but I have somehow managed to buy five. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. There we go. Let's move on to you, Nate. Who have you been eyeing up as potentially a pound-for-pound powerhouse? Yeah, I'm going to take the route of a pound-for-pound investment powerhouse here too, but also I think a pretty mm. pretty valuable player. I'm looking at 91-rated Lewandowski. He's only 30,000 coins. I know he's not going to be the most meta from the get-go, especially if you're looking at a pace standpoint, but 
a 91 shooting. And I mean, just, he's just going to be able to get it done in the box. Four star, four star. He's not lacking anything there. He's got the outside the foot and the finesse shot trait. So he's got, you know, everything you can want there. And I just think that 94 finishing and 94 attack positioning to start off the game. I think that's going to be pretty invaluable for right now what he is 30,000 coins he's getting on ones to watch too so maybe the gold card goes up an extra bit because um out of packs and links to all the barcelona guys that everybody wants to use so again i, I really don't know the meta and you guys will uh, know a little more than me since you've been on the game but i think to me that card is it's just a little bit cheap because that that shooting stat is unparalleled at this start of the game you know yeah very true i mean we should say though price is fluctuating a lot at the moment um what about you neil who would you go for i would say to paul mm. i've been using him i think he gets the job done to be honest i i, I only originally got him because i thought he gives correa the links because the correa is a really really good card mm. and um ended up getting him and he does have a three-star weak foot but to be honest he can get the job done because uh he's pretty good high medium box to box where i like to play him good passing as well yeah, he looks really good. I hadn't really looked at his stats, but yeah, looks quality. Actually, I know Brammers, I, I, I got you to do my dirty work and you picked out one of the listener pound for pound nominations. I have, yes. Uh, so uh, Inform De La Fe, um, who is uh, ripping it up in, I guess, Syria. Uh, so Andrew J28 uh, suggested him and said, uh, got him for 15k. So who knows what he's at by the time you're recording. Insane stats for a week one card with a marksman. He has 93 pace, 93 finishing, 94 agility, 95 ball control, 97 dribbling. Feel like he could be a player that stays in my team for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this first team of the week has a few decent options. I know um, Hoffman is someone that a lot of listeners have mentioned. The Pablo Maffeo, I think, is a good right back as well. He looks solid. Traore, I think, could potentially be a good investment. And uh, the player I'm going to go for, just because he's very low risk, but I was looking at this, and I think the only other good Serie A left back is Theo Hernandez. Uh, so this informed Mario Rui, second best left back in the Serie A, also second best Portuguese left back behind Cancelo, who's obviously very expensive. So I, I kind of think he could be someone that uh, rises longer term. He's more someone that I think is going to do a job for you if you can get him in your team uh, and maybe offers you some sell on value when you come to sell him uh, but his stats look really good i was looking at him with the shadow he's actually got 80 interceptions which is quite nice on uh, a fullback um but has 97 acceleration with a shadow and 90 sprint speed and 93 agility and 91 balance so he's obviously going to feel good on the ball uh, he's a he's a bit of a wee man he's five foot seven but he does have 97 jumping which compensates somewhat and 89 stamina and 79 aggression decent passing and crossing as well so yeah it'd be my shout for uh, a pound for pound powerhouse for Team of the Week 1 and I guess the first week of Pound for Pound Powerhouse in FIFA 23. If you'd like to vote for your favourite, then you can head over to the Foot Weekly Podcast Twitter at Foot Weekly Pod, uh, where you can do so. Uh, interesting in terms of Team of the Week 1, I mean, it, it feels like the supply is really high, but they, they do tend to go up even if that uh, is the case, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because if you think about it, Team of the Week 1 is going to end up being one of the most rare Team of the Weeks because... There's no supply from those tradable uh, weekend league reward packs, mm. which we anticipate having uh, this year again. And of course, last year with you know getting a team of the week pack, was it at nine wins or eleven wins? You got your team of the week pack. Mm. Um, it just it supplied uh, those cards way more than in years past. But yeah, a lot of these cards have already gone up a lot from the early stages of the web app. But I think a lot of them will continue to go up. 
The lower tier cards, like the Rui that you're shouting, I think that's a great for a pound for pound powerhouse, a great nominee because he's literally discard and he really mm -hmm. has some solid stats. Um, I know a lot of people are focused on like Hamari Traore and, and Gakpo, and I think those guys can rise up a little bit, but I think it'll be more of your like elite tier cards uh, that you'll see the biggest rise on. Is that Valverde? Because Valverde is really interesting because he can only play right wing, which is weird because I thought right. they said that you can switch right wings to right mid and right mid to right wing always. But maybe for special items, it's different. Like they can't just slap a item with a particular position and it, it, it doesn't have to have a secondary position or alternate position. But that is an interesting one because obviously you can change him into midfield in game. You can move him to right back or something like that. But he is like 80k, which is a fair bit for um, a player, you know, at this stage of the game. You know, a lot of us would wish that the right wing Valverde had the center mid mm. capabilities as well, like his um, base card does or is. But I still think that that card's going to go up because he's Real Madrid, gets the links to Vinny. People are still learning the new chem system. I think they're going to stick with a lot of their clubs they're familiar with to get a lot of chem and league mm. uh, links. So I think he'll still do really well. Same with Son, same with KDB. And uh, yeah, Delafeu looks good. I think Immobile looks pretty good too. Maybe I'm just a fan of the <laughs> trucks, but <laughs> the stream always jokes with me about that. But like, he's not that much of a truck. 86 pace, I mean, 81 dribbling is not the best, but... Mm. Yeah, team team of the week should be all right. Yeah, that's good to know. I think um, people may be looking to pick those up at the moment, so uh, we'll have to see what their prices look like. Uh, nice. I, I mean, on the content front, do we have anything else that we wanted to talk about? I guess one thing that's interesting, Nate, which I think isn't just interesting from a trading perspective because it will affect the market overall, it'll affect SBCs, is the fact that you seemingly can't go unassigned. Which is funny, yeah. but they have obviously cottoned on to my 600 Maguires and realized that was a bit too OP. <laughs> um, and therefore, that isn't possible anymore. It's all right yeah. for trading. I mean, personally, I actually, after doing the Maguires, mainly did informs and, and never went unassigned to do that. Right. So mm -hmm. I think, from my perspective, it was a bit too strong being able to buy loads and loads of players and just sit on them. Um, it didn't yeah. take much skill. It also meant that you got a flood of supply when. SBCs came, um, which meant that maybe people who were just like legitimately, or it wasn't illegitimate, but you know, were just putting their investments on their transfer list, they were obviously at a disadvantage, right? Yeah, no, 100%. I think, you know, for me as somebody who doesn't do a lot of the unassigned trading, like, you know, in form investing or investing in fodder, um, it's, it's definitely interesting to see how it's going to impact the market because I think it, it will impact the market a lot in terms of, of fodder and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm a little bummed though for one aspect of it because come team of the year, come team of the season, when building upgrade packs, oh, yeah. it's going to be more of a grind. I won't, you know, usually some people like myself would go a thousand, a couple thousand cards unassigned so that once those upgrade packs dropped, you just build them all and then boom, you have a bunch of packs to go and rip. Mm. But now you're, instead of, you know, building so many packs at a time, you're going to have to stop and then reload and buy more players. So just a little more tedious in that sense. That's the biggest bummer for me. But I know for a lot of people that were hoping to stock stock up on, you know, fodder or informs or something in the first couple months of the game, that is a bit of a bummer for the max profit potential, if you will, mm. because, you know, not having that this year. What I would say about this, though, is it makes me think club stocking is just going to be more effective than it has been in the past, because if people aren't able to hoard players that means that when SBCs come, there's not as much supply coming from people who are unassigned and club stocking or having players on your transfer list is actually going to be like worth doing, uh, which in the past it kind of hasn't been. So 
I think that could be quite good. Next thing to move on to before we move on is something I wanted to mention, which is how important managers are. There was a bit of a misconception that managers increase the players that they apply to. So like, you know, their nation and league by a whole chemistry point. It's not a whole chemistry point. It's just one player's worth of chemistry. But that actually makes them still very strong. It's basically like having an extra player on the pitch. They obviously can't contribute to clubs, but they do contribute to uh, the players of their nation and league and can be the difference in getting an extra chemistry point on quite a few players. So it's well worth looking out for that. And I was saying just before the podcast that bought a couple of Brazil managers because it looks like there are no gold Brazil managers in the game. And that's kind of worth noting. It may be worth just picking one up and putting it in your club just to make sure when they do go extinct and you need a Brazil manager, uh, you're not caught short. And if there are other nations which don't have gold managers, that could be worth doing too. But it is big. It's worth noting. Uh, in terms of chemistry, Brammers, anything else to add that people might want to note? I'm not really sure about new chemistry yet. Like, I, I don't have a problem with it with SBCs. It's been, for someone who grinds the menus quite a lot, it's been quite interesting, actually, not knowing how to solve SBCs as easily as before. Um, I've quite enjoyed relearning that part. But in terms of uh, squad building, I have so far found it probably a little more limiting than I expected, just because getting a hybrid to work with uh, with that 33 max chemistry is sometimes a challenge. Although in saying that, the, I was I was moaning about this to you before the pod and saying I could only get my untradeable squad to 31. Mm. Uh, and then I just packed a, a Hugo Lloris un- untradeable that kind of uh, finally bumps it to 33. Mm. So, uh, uh, so yeah, new chemistry is great. I love it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's good because I think a lot of people got a bad introduction to the system on the web app. So oh, God, uh, yeah. I think it is better than uh, a lot of people probably think it is at this point. Um, and Neil, what are your thoughts kind of on chemistry? Have you been taking much note of it? I know some people have just been like, eh, do you know what? I'm just going to put the players in that I want to put in. But you still can get that decent size boost from being on full chem. So as in typical fashion that I would normally do, I would always go for the stats of the player. So chemistry comes last, the player stats come first. That's the way I do it. But... I found it quite frustrating this year because last year, if you had like one one link, so if you imagine like a 4-3-3 and you had like a centre mid one link, you can get him on eight chemistry. Whereas this year, subs don't even get any boost. Whereas last year, a sub would get a boost because they'll get five chemistry. So now if a player is not on one chemistry, um, it, it was, I think it has to either be two or three. And I think mm. anything below that is just not worth it. So I did find it quite frustrating that, you know, you can't just get one link to a player and they get a chem boost. So mm. I found it quite hard in certain, in certain situations where I want to get a player in like a four five one. You can get a left mid and a right mid and a left back and a right back from two separate leagues mm. and have a separate middle team. Whereas you can't do that again. But I agree. I think maybe you're right when the web app came out, it was a bit of confusion. Um, but I think... Once you get used to it, it's actually pretty easy. I just think you have to just go into the game and just do a bit of trial and error. I think when you read a document, sometimes it makes it more confusing. But if you just go into the game, just move things around, see how things change, you get used to it very easily. Yeah, I'd also say if you tap the, or is it press and hold the right stick in? Yes, yes, press and hold the right stick. It gives you like this longer view of the chemistry and that helps in terms of kind of visualizing where you're at. Um, And it is worth looking at that as much as you can because it, it really it is a case of sometimes oh, I can actually just get like a little bit more chemistry by swapping this player out or I guess particularly by changing the manager um, so yeah well worth thinking about because uh, it does make a big difference as I said between getting you know a plus four pace boost at two chem points and a plus eight pace boost at three 
that does matter. So it's worth looking out for. One thing I'm sure, Nate, you'd be keen to know is from those of us who've played, were there any particular kind of notable things uh, in terms of the gameplay that suggests that certain types of players might be more effective, less effective? It's very early on and people often you know, say, oh, these particular players are way more effective than past years. And that doesn't end up being the case quite often. Um, but just because they're not going to be so effective in the long term doesn't mean they're not effective now. So, Ramas, were there any particular players you felt actually this player seems more effective? I mean, we can't tell longer term, of course, but were there players where you were like, okay, actually this player's working, probably wouldn't have found them so effective in FIFA 22. Any kind of yeah, content slash gameplay takeaways, I guess? I would say probably from my perspective, quite difficult to say because I've been grinding uh, the offline modes more than anything. But... Uh, one thing that I was struck by was how effective David De Gea has been. Mm. He's had a three-point upgrade. I was curious about this, so I asked the Man United fans in the Discord, did he have a plus-three season last year? Because it didn't seem like many Man United players did. And they were telling me maybe, maybe not, But uh, and maybe it's EA kind of making up for being too harsh on him previously. Yeah, I think it's that, actually. I think they were a bit harsh, but yeah. yeah. Right. Right. But they were saying in response that he's got incredible uh, reflexes and and sort of on paper looks like one of the best goalkeepers, um, certainly for the Premier League. Um, so, uh, and he's been doing a job for me. He has the highest reactions on any goalkeeper in the game that's wow. not an icon, which as people know, if they've been listening to the podcast, means that the uh, goalkeeper is better at kind of calculating saves uh, and sort of uh, reacting to shots, I guess. So yeah, I think that might be why it would make sense. Yeah, so I mean, maybe he's going to be this year's Donnarumma. Um, and the other player I've enjoyed is uh, Diogo Jota. Um, I packed him untradeable and he can swap between centre forward and left wing with a position modifier, which is a nice little bit of flexibility. Mm. Um, he doesn't have the five-star skills that he clearly deserves, but um, he is four-star, five-star still. Um, and he has a custom celebration where he sits down and pretends he's playing FIFA. Um, so all of those things are great. Plus, you know, he's very nimble. He's got lots of... Uh, he's, he's got pretty solid pace for this this time of the game, especially if you stick Hunter on him. I think he will do a job. Um, and I've been using him because I also got Nunez, um, untradeable, who... Uh, Three stars, three stars, a bit off-putting, but his finishing seems excellent. So mm. nice. that's kind of where I've been. Neil, yeah, any players that you feel like, mm, that player's done better than I expected this cycle, maybe wouldn't have done so well last year? Yeah, I just want to add as well to that Jota. No, he's such a good card. I, I use him. In, I was using him with Correa. Actually, I still have him there. I moved uh, Neymar to striker instead of Correa. But mm. yeah, I really like Jota, especially that five-star weak foot. And I think I've got a hunter on him. Um, and again, he, he's just... I think he's one of those players where I kind of go on this year with a bit more physicality in my strikers. Mm. Players like Lautaro Martinez and Jota, I think, are going to be cards that are very much used. I'll be honest, I think clunkier players, not that I'm a big fan of them anyway, but I think compared to last year, they're a bit more usable. Like when I give the ball to Lorente or I give the ball to Goretzka, I don't feel like there's... Maybe it's because I don't feel much of a difference between someone that's very agile and someone that's clunky, whereas last year it was very evident when you got someone that's extremely clunky on the ball. Not to say you can't notice it, of course you can, but it's not as drastic as it was last year is what I would say. Mm. I think it's fair to say, Neil, that apart from like the truly, truly elite dribblers, players just generally are going to feel not quite so... Mo and mobile is maybe the wrong word because they're, they're like mobile, but it's not quite as as tight in terms of their turning, right? Because of the new dribbling system. Yeah, I, I find that to be an issue as well. Um, I think even even because that's why I got name actually because normally I don't spend FIFA points but I thought you know if I want the new dribbling is going to come out I want to use it with a player that I know very well 
So that was mm. the idea by Neymar. And even when I had the ball with Neymar, he does do have some smooth dribbling. But I think as well, to be honest, I say this to everyone, I don't think you can judge dribbling completely now just because everyone, you kind of have to be get used to it, understand it before you can judge it properly. So I would say, although I do prefer last year's dribbling, I would say I probably need a bit more time. But um, I think the key with lesser dribbling, as I, would, I was saying this earlier, is like trying to keep, trying to treat it like a paintbrush almost, um, as opposed to uh, flicking it. So almost like in slow motions and then curve your left down long stick around. I found that to be quite effective. So you can still do it at pace, but maybe not just not aggressive flicking as you may do last year. Yeah, I think I said this on the beta podcast. Basically, it is something where you will take probably the most time getting used to it, the dribbling system, than you'll have spent time getting used to any dribbling in a game before. And I think for me, the things that have really helped is using L1 and R1 or LB and RB in order to add a bit more close control and tighter dribbling. But also an underrated thing is using the LT and RT or L2 and R2 dribble, which is basically your regular right stick dribble, but with a tighter control. And I kind of feel like they could have made right stick dribbling that tighter dribble. And that would have made more sense because the way that the right stick dribbling works, it is more about kind of controlling the movement of the player, the momentum. And it has some interesting uses that I think. I'm still exploring where you can take the momentum of your player and go into spaces with speed that you couldn't necessarily like, do in past FIFAs. So I think that's worth bearing in mind and maybe something to, to play with. I've also quite liked holding the RB or R1 button um, as the ball comes to you, you know, that lets it run past you and use that and then move on to it to, to create space as well. So kind of coming up with different things. And what Richard said on the podcast yesterday that we recorded is that he felt like passing was kind of back to an extent. And I was interested to know, Neil, you know, from your perspective, do you think that's kind of true? It feels like because of the changes to dribbling, passing is going to be a more effective or more important thing this cycle. It's a bit of a weird one. I think short passing I found that I struggled the most with. I think whereas mm. last year, maybe that's a combination of left stick dribbling as well, whereas I would use it to kind of get an angle with left stick dribbling and then make the pass. Maybe that's why... I struggled a little bit, but I did find short passing to be a bit harder. Um, I found maybe the lob through passes to be maybe too, too OP, too effective, I would say. I hope those do get nerfed, but mm. for me, it doesn't feel like it's, it's semi enough, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, it's not like, like with semi-shooting, if you use semi-shooting, you get penalized heavily. If you use it in the wrong way, you could miss the goal completely. I would like to see something of that nature with lob through balls, maybe that bit it'd be a bit too extreme but that's what I would think mm. but I think this year the passing stat you're gonna have to look at it a bit more now whereas because I, I kind of found with likes of Dembele I was thinking mm, on a finisher sometimes you can't really make that pass that you you'd want normally so I did notice the difference yeah, yeah that's fair and then actually I was interested to ask you Nate in terms of what you've kind of seen been hearing because I know you know you're chatting to people playing the game you're also probably watching content and things are there any things that you'd notice people bringing up about the game that people might want to think about when they get on it and play? Uh, you know, I don't think I have too many aspects of, you know, knowledge that I've picked up from a gameplay perspective as of yet too much, um, except for a couple things I've seen about like the outside the foot shot, like mm. everything, like the passes and the shooting seem to be pretty good. But from mm. what I've seen too, like 
Remember at the beginning of the year last year, it was like everybody was shooting finesse shots from just outside the box because they were too good. I feel like I've seen clips already of people scoring goals from outside foot shots inside the box, finesse shots in or outside the box. Like I feel like I've seen, uh, mm. I've seen seen it all. So yeah. that's good, I think. Yeah, and the outside the foot passing is really nice as well. Like it's very satisfying if you pull it off. You can hold LT, you know, put the player at a slight angle to where you want to play the pass and they'll curl it with the outside of their foot um, into the pass of the player, which just feels very satisfying. And yeah, the shots do seem good. Something Richard was saying too, actually, on that supporter episode. I think worth experimenting with them, doing them, especially if a player has outside foot shot traits. Right, Nate, we're going to talk more about gameplay, and I know you've got to get off and do lots of important launch things. So we're going to let you go. I'm, I'm sure you'll be keen to you know listen back to what we're going to be chatting about to pick up some, some tips for gameplay once you get on. But... Uh, it's been great to have your insight on this podcast. Any little kind of pointers or things to think about before you head off? Uh, yeah, I think I, the number one thing I would say is just don't hold your cards for too long. <laughs> That's okay. a rule that we have learned in the last couple of FIFAs last year, especially. And I think that this year, that'll, that'll be something that we uh, want to be pretty careful with too. So yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on. It's been a blast. And uh, I will definitely listen back to the gameplay portion because that is info that I need. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, it's been great to have you on. I should mention got regular uh, content on your YouTube channel, uh, all the latest market info updates and your streams too. Where can people catch those? Yep. YouTube, The Foot Accountant, Twitch, Twitter. Those are the, probably the main platforms. Uh, just search up The Foot Accountant and you should find me. Perfect. Thank you very much, Nate. Great to have you on. Thank you very much. Appreciate it always. Perfect. So Nate's gone, but we're going to continue to talk gameplay. And before we do, actually, before we get back into gameplay proper, it's still gameplay, um, but there is the new foot moments mode. I suggested it might be something people want to do, considering you can get the rewards straight away. The rewards are tradable, Brammers, yes. um, which is nice because, as we know, advanced SPCs weren't, but is it worth doing? It's something I've said for I've said for a few years, I really wish they would bring skill games into foot. Mm. And this is essentially kind of a variation on that. So you get loads of different scenarios. There are elective difficulty levels, so you can choose whether it's like one star, two star, three star. Um, there's some, some of them have quite specific squad building kind of uh, restrictions. Um, and I think there's probably even a couple of trading possibilities there. And you can restart each moment really quickly if you screw it up a bit like a skill game. So it, it's, it's got a nice kind of clip to it. Uh, yeah, like the overall setup of it is exactly the kind of thing I hoped they would do. Um, my main problems with the moment are, yeah, the rewards are poor. Um, mm. and also I feel like they could definitely, do with adding more challenges that play into like the new mechanics that are in FIFA 23. Because mm. at the moment, the the only challenges that really have any relevance to new features in the game are the free kick ones. Um, and it feels like that's almost like by accident. But uh, in terms of uh, like uh, its place in the, in the canon of FIFA, it's, it's a really good addition. And um, mm. I think once people get past the initial kind of very beginner stuff, which is pretty boring and just sort of the same thing over and over again mm. and start doing things like rise of Mbappe and Klopp's journey and stuff like that. Those are, those are pretty entertaining to work through and they're just nice little sort of nuggety size bits of, they're like snackable bits of gameplay. Mm. So if you're not really in the mood to grind anything, um, you don't want to do full matches and there are no like friendly objectives or whatever available, then it's just something nice you can kind of peck away at. Mm. And yeah, I, I just hope that like there's tons of them in the game at, at launch, which is really good. So I just hope they keep that up and add loads more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could definitely see it as being something where they add a ton of them with each new promotion. Mm. And I would love that. I think it would be a really good thing for the game. Yeah, so yeah, overall, like really, really good. 
the rewards can be improved. Like, like there's room for improvement in terms of some of the content, but like a fantastic start for it. Yeah, uh, I have done a small amount and the small amount I did, I did enjoy, which is not something I can say for a lot of offline play. So yeah, uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to doing more. And yeah, the speed of it in terms of just you know being able to yeah. do one very quickly, not worry too much. It's a bit like friendlies to some extent, but obviously friendlies had this limited uh, entry aspect in some of them. And obviously there's a lot more yes. uh, involved sometimes in terms of building the team and all that. Whereas for most of this, it's pretty easy. You just jump in and, and do it. And, and I think that's great. And yeah, it's been good. I mean, from a gameplay perspective, did you feel like it was a good place to you know get to grips with free kicks a little bit? Because I know that's something that yes. um, I felt, yeah, was a good benefit, right? Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, that's where I've learned how to do free kicks. If they mm. add anything that relies on corners, that's how I'll learn to do corners. Yeah. Like I am one of those people who, if I'm on the game, I want to put time in, in a way that grows my club so mm. I, I tend not to duck out and do like skill games and the the arena and that yeah, so yeah. bringing those things into foot making me think about new mechanics fantastic get like to get they've they've got ones that that have things like do x amount of step overs do a flare shot and you know that will get people looking up how to do those things because mm. uh, they'll want the rewards and and it's it's like it's perfect for all sorts of things that they've added this year so yeah i i definitely imagine they will do that yeah no i, I definitely agree i think we'll talk uh, about formations actually it's something that i've found interesting in the online games that i've played that actually i was going in with a 4-3-3 setup and found quite quickly actually that it wasn't uh, quite what i wanted whereas in recent cycles i've really liked the midfield three it was still you know very good but i felt like a midfield two worked you know pretty well too when i tried it and the big thing was, I think having a very dribbly ham sitting behind a striker feels very effective and something that maybe because of the new dribbling system, because of, uh, I guess, the fact that you can take long shots from that position or threaten them, it kind of felt better to me than playing, uh, say, a false nine or something like that, which I have been playing more uh, in recent cycles. And I was interested to know from you, Neil, any particular thoughts in terms of what people might want to look for in terms of formations early on? I've probably gone more towards... So normally when a FIFA comes out, I always go for a 4 2 3 one, mm. um, just because I'm used to it. And then that's how I kind of... And that's what I suggest to everyone. Use what you normally use, get used to it, and think, okay, what worked when you used this formation last year and what's different this year? Um, because that way, sometimes you can realise, okay, normally you make a pass from your CDM to your right attack in mid, but maybe you can't do it anymore because passing is... Maybe not, it was effective last year, but maybe not as effective this year. So that's the way that I would do it. Um, one formation I do like, though, is the new one. I don't know if you guys have had to uh, try to use it, but um, it's the 4122. 5122, yeah. I think, I think it will probably be one of the most meta formations in this game. The, re the reason for that is because I think width is very important this year. And uh, when you have a left wing back and a right wing back, when they go forward in a five back line, they're very wide quite naturally because they're in there kind of like in their own lane. Um, but the biggest change with that formation is with five backs, there's never been a CDM with a five back line. You'll have like three five twos where the left left mid and right mid, they come as like wing backs. But now technically you can have a five back on stay back while attacking and a CDM and two center mids. So it's hopefully no one uses it in the wrong way to be ultra defensive. But, if, but in terms of attacking, I think effectively it's a really good formation. So I would expect 
the pro players, once people figure it out and they understand how to variably use like hug the sidelines and attacking fullbacks, I think it could be a very good formation both offensively and defensively because it kind of also plays like a 4 one 2 2 without a cam. That's the, that's the way to look at it as well. So I think that's something to watch out for. I'll say give it a try if you haven't already. It's quite a fun formation, but just make sure left wing back and right wing backs, just make sure they're on mm. during the attack. Just to wrap up on gameplay, you mentioned this briefly earlier, Neil, but five subs. I mean, that's a huge difference, isn't it? Um, have you been finding that? Uh, you said you've been making five subs. Um, I guess people need to think more about their bench, right? Yeah, so that's one thing I would say. I mean, I completely forgot about it, to be honest. And I remembered, mm. oh yeah, there's five subs this year in FIFA. But, you know, normally people only have three subs and and that's it. But I think when you have five subs now, it really changes how you can li- line your team up, team up. Because what I found is like, Previously, I'd always have like just enough to put the attackers in. But now, for example, you could effectively change if you're playing like a 4-3-3, you can change all your attacking players and two center mids. So I would say the end game of like the last 30 minutes or so is going to be very, very interesting with all these pace abusing players coming on. So that's something that I'm actually very much looking forward to, especially if you use like a 3-5-2, because you can always sub off the left mid or right mid, put someone else on, and then you still got three subs like normal. So it does give you that flexibility. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think that's a good point. Uh, I mean, Bramas, is this something you thought about, the five-sub thing? I mean, it could. It feels like it could be a bit of a, a nightmare, I mean, in a competitive game when you're, you're at like 70 minutes or something and then suddenly they're bringing on loads of players. I haven't thought about it particularly, but I mean, I definitely going to abuse it as much as humanly possible. Um, I feel like it maybe means that interesting cards that have lower stamina can be more viable because you can kind of say well that player's only ever really going to last until 60 70 minutes and then i'm going to swap out the whole front five or i'm going to swap out the wingers and then do the strikers or whatever and yeah like it it, it's definitely something that's going to mess with uh with how people do i would say weekend league in particular Mm. um i would not expect to be ever playing against the same front five or at least very infrequently Mm -hmm. um against anyone who knows what they're doing I would also say um, one thing with the five sub thing particularly, but there's various reasons I was thinking when playing that this is particularly helpful this year. If you're someone who plays with the gamer tag or the PSN over a player's head, turn that off. It's so useless. Um, if you really want to check someone's gamer tag, you can check it half time. You can go and look at the players that are in the match through the menus. But the way that you enable it when you go into visual settings is slightly different this year. You select player name and player indicator in the visual menu as you would have done previously. But you need to go down and turn off Gamertag or PSN to actually get the name to show, which is, I think, different to last year and just something worth bearing in mind. Because I remember on the beta thinking, oh, is it broken? And I only realized when I loaded up the game uh, for the first time and checked that, that actually there is a setting to remove the PSN or game attack from appearing, but you need to enable that separately. So that's kind of worth bearing in mind. We'll talk more about controller settings and stuff like that, I think, uh, in the near future. Um, but, you know, a couple of pointers. I think uh, adaptive switching is actually quite helpful. You long hold the right stick to get that switch. Um, and there are a couple of other things too. If you want more gameplay tips, actually, the beta podcast that we did, we had Taz, uh, we had pro player Dr. Nightwatch on, and many of those gameplay tips, I mean, pretty much all of them still apply. So I could catch up with that one. Um, but I think on that, we are probably ready. I think we are ready to wrap up this podcast. It's been a great first podcast of FIFA 23 and looking forward to plenty more. 
So yeah, Brammers, thank you very much for coming on. No, thank you very much for having me. I'm super excited about 23 and um, yeah, just um, itching to uh, get playing some more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Neil, as well, great to have you on this podcast and we should point people in the direction of your guides. Thank you very much. Yes, as usual, youtube.com forward slash Neil Guides. Again, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. And thank you very much, listeners, for tuning in. Of course, it's been great to have you along and to those supporters. Thank you as well. And thank you very much for keeping the Foot Weekly podcast going. There may be a little supporter episode, an additional one, if I get a chance to catch up with Jabes later this week. If you're not a supporter and you'd like to catch that episode as well as an extra podcast every week, including a back catalogue of podcasts with loads of advice, then you can do so. And it's a great time to do so because of that 24,000 FIFA point competition that's running over on the Patreon. Just search support for weekly or follow the link in the description. Right, that wraps us up. Thank you again to those supporters and to those icon patrons. Dave B, Coach Vass, Chris W, DJ FIFA player, Hugh J, Steve C, Matt L, Alistair, Alan G, Anthony R, Dominic, Rob P, L, Jeff B, Christopher R, Stephen F, Michael, Tom B, Damon H, Nick Jack M, Eric T, Roger D, Alex M, Dan W, Sila P, Matt H, Harry P, Neil P, Adam G, At Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Sam K, Jake G, Michael P, Zach O, Springford, Patrick, Dominic G, Adam HC, Adam R, Andy H, Joe W, Dylan, Orion B, Mindor L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you, just one more thing to add though. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs. If you're having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice, support, or even just a friendly chat for anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, have a good one, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.